0: Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to Insurance Town. I'm the Mayor Heath Sheeran and the host of this podcast. Guys, I'm super pumped that you're here today because I was digging through my old episodes and cleaning up my Zoom, and I found an episode that was recorded to the day one year ago, and I was like, why didn't I ever release this? This is crazy. I guess it was one of those batch recording times and it got mixed in, and I, I got to release it. It's such a good conversation between me and my good friend Caitlin Agar. You know, we talked about all things, from education to social to to lead gen to all kinds of stuff. You know, when she comes on, she brings it, and so I can't wait for you to hear this conversation. But before we get into that, let's talk about my amazing sponsors. We got to talk about Smart Choice first of all. They are uh, they uh, they truly are the Fastest growing agency network, hands down, 9,000 across the country. It's ridiculous. And they're continuing to grow each and every year. And they do such a good job. They just want to see you grow. They just want to see you do well and succeed. Um, and they only work off commission splits. No annual fees, uh, no monthly fees, uh, just a split with you. And that's only on the business you write through carriers you get through them. Surely that makes sense. And uh, it's a no-brainer, whether you need one carrier or you're a startup and you need a host of carriers. They're here to help you out. They'll negotiate higher commissions, lower premium thresholds, uh, lower volume commitments. They'll do anything they can to help you because they do care. I've seen that, smartchoiceagents.com. Please go check it out. Tell them the mayor sent you. Also, I got to talk to you about my good friends over at CoverDesk. I love working with Andy Priestman and the Cover Desk crew. They do such a good job with their virtual assistants. And not only do they get trained uh, on our systems, and you can hire you a dedicated virtual assistant for your agency. They also have Cover Desk Direct, uh, and that is you know uh, a whole team that you could you know have them on projects. They can help you just to, to quote you know uh, you know a book roll. Or you could ask them, you know, if you've got a big, busy month and you need somebody just to come in, send them to the team over there, the Cover Desk Direct, and let them quote it for you. There's so many avenues they could go, whether it's a dedicated VA for your agency or, you know, the Cover Desk Direct. Uh, they can do special projects. Uh, they can do it all. They are fantastic when it comes to insurance work. Uh, Coverdesk.com. Tell them the mayor sent you. You'll be glad that you did. On to today's episode, we got Caitlin Agar, and she and I rap about a lot of stuff. This is recorded a year ago, still in my early days of being a podcaster, so forgive me if the audio is a little choppy. I didn't have the mics yet. I didn't have the studio yet, but it's a great conversation, and I cannot wait for you to check it out. So, without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with Caitlin Agar. All right. Caitlin, welcome back to the show.
1: Hi, Heath. I am glad to be back.
0: We've heard your story, so there's no need to go back down that a little bit. But I did want to talk to you because last time we focused a lot on the new business, on, on, on accountability, on things of that nature. But I know there's some other things on here that you and I talked about in our past conversations that I really want to dive into. And as we talk about this coaching model and the coaching that you guys do, Uh, within Quantum and that you do with other agents that maybe aren't even in Quantum. Uh, Talk to me a little bit about, um, you know, the the coaching model in general that you guys do once you get beyond the the first 30 days and once you've got, you know, people selling and you've got things going, what what goes on next from there?
1: That's a great question because the, the needs of the team are always changing, right? So we find ourselves in this, season right now that's a lot different than where we were in March and April (laughs) and March and April was a lot different than where we were in January so I think that's why it's important to have foundational processes that are the 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 root of what we do but the the education and the learning and the growing and that constant feedback loop never stops and that's why it's so important to have somebody who's responsible for live call shadowing for huddles and team meetings that can be a part of your agency culture no matter what kind of season you're in. Whether everybody's stuck working from home because of COVID or you're trying out a new lead source and you have to evaluate how effective it is or you're working on your retention processes so that you can keep your clients happy. Those areas of opportunity on your agency are always going to be changing. So you want to have some keystone foundational best practices and principles that are the core values of your agency the core drivers of what you do but you want to have a system in place for when are those team huddles going to happen when are those team meetings going to happen when are we going to carve out time for education when are we going to carve out time for process mapping so that depending on what's going on and what we where we need to sharpen our sword We have the system in place and we have the time for it. And now we're going to get together and come up with a plan and problem solve and start making some changes.
0: Okay, good. Um, So once we we talked again last time about a lot of new business, and this time I want to focus a little bit on a couple of things. And so I, I guess we'll start with, with some on retention. As you mentioned, nine years in the business and you had a, a five year retention number that was, you know, uh, a great number. How do you get to that? And there's some training, it's a best practice you can share with Insurance Town uh, on how to, how to do that, how to have that high retention while still focusing on new business.
1: Absolutely. And I think that high retention can happen even with a mix of business of different leads that you've been working. And I think it can, it can happen in in tough climates for insurance as well, because it's all about that relationship you have with your client. And that can happen even when you're interfacing with them virtually, maybe they're not coming into your office anymore. And that's what you were used to. But our, our client care call center relates with our clients over the phone and they're still able to establish that personal connection. And you can too. So if that's something that's new to you and your agency, start by building that personal connection and relationship with the client from the very first sales conversation that happens. And retention builds on that. And then it's about the relationship, but also the processes. So you have to put a lot of problem solving plans in place about how you're going to create this awesome experience for your client from day one when they sign the paperwork and they come on board with your agency, especially through that first renewal. And uh, I think we can get ahead a lot of those problems if we work on being proactive.
0: Can you tell me some of those um, best practices on, on being more proactive and what that looks like if we drill down a little deeper into that?
1: Absolutely. So I think there's a couple things that we do at quantum to try to get ahead of the problems for our clients. Cause we don't want to just fix it for them when something goes wrong. We want to do a root cause analysis, root cause analysis and really identify what could we have done differently three, four, five, six months ago to prevent this from even being on the radar. And so I think that starts with the sales conversation. I think it starts with having a quality client focused conversation that doesn't make it all about price where you've, a, you've been able to have this amazing coverage consultation with this person and this amazing experience. They know that you care about them and your their family, and you've matched them with the carrier that's the right fit for them. They know why you put them with that carrier. They know a little bit about that carrier. They, they You didn't just give them the bare bones policy. You didn't just give them what they had before. You made sure it fit their needs today. You didn't just copy what an agent gave them a couple years ago back (laughs) um, by quoting in apples to apples. So I think we start there and we don't set the client up for things we can't deliver on, right? I can't always be the cheapest. I can't always 100% of the time forever moving forward, always give you the cheapest policy. So why are we setting them up to expect that? Set them up to expect the things that you can 100% deliver on. You can 100% deliver on making sure they have the right coverage, making sure that they're not missing out on any discounts that they qualify for, making sure that by the end of our conversation today, your policies are going to be updated and they're going to suit your family's needs. Make a whole list of what are things that I know that I can 100% deliver on for this client hundred percent of the time, and then make sure that they know those things and they're excited about those things, right? Don't make it all about the price. Obviously we want them to have a great policy and price is a factor in that, but there's so much more that they care about and that you can deliver on for them today. So that starts in the sales conversation. That makes that renewal 12 months down the road, a totally different conversation. So start by setting the right environment, right? And showing up for them, doing more for them for the competition. And they should walk away from that conversation knowing you and your agency, but also like why you put them with that carrier and that that policy, why they have those coverages, why those discounts make sense for them. Then you have to have some really proactive processes in place to guide them through this experience with your agency i think a lot of times we're tempted to just like write a policy and then just like hope nothing goes wrong and if it does then we'll call them and you know try to give them good service and it takes a lot more thought and effort and strategy than that to really bring clients what they're expecting i think clients rightly so expect a lot out of our agencies so right so quantum that looks like a couple different things we are we're an independent agency and we work with clients through our direct channel, our call centers, and also our agency channel. And one of the biggest things that we do to set our agencies up for success is that we have a dedicated, licensed professional client care team that handles all of the client's needs once your agency writes up policy and they come on board with clients, uh, when they come on board with Quantum. And uh, that team is top notch and I've really learned a lot from their processes, but they've also learned a lot from what worked for our agencies um, in the past. So what are some of those
0: processes that they do uh, that maybe could help my audience that's listening?
1: So I was actually in the call center with them just last week, Keith, and I got okay. Yeah, I got to see them face-to-face, talk with them. I talked with our client care management team. We have an incredible client care leadership team that came from GEICO. They're used to handling, you know, hundreds of employees, thousands and thousands of clients, multiple departments. They're at the top of their game. So there's always something that I learn from them every time that we talk. And I was able to talk to the, the front line as well, the people that are um, the client care specialists that are answering the phone when our clients call in. And I was able to talk to them about you know, why they love doing what they do and their processes. And, and following that meeting, we had another, uh, another leadership meeting where we spent about two, two and a half hours just diving in to the pending cancel process. And I think this is something that every agency out there can do if they're not already doing it. I think we probably all already have A process where we print the report and we call the people that are there it looks like they're gonna be missing a payment right? right But what else can we learn from that report there's a lot of different reasons why someone might be on the pending cancel report it could be that we set them up for credit card for recurring payment and their credit card number changed It could be that they're on EFT and their bank account is empty. It could be a million things. And so we look at where in the timeline is this pending cancel happening? Is this happening in the first 60 days? Because that tells me something completely different than if it's happening at their renewal. We look at what carrier it's with, what their payment method is with, and we do a really deep dive to figure out exactly what's going on because then we can reverse engineer that and we can start walking backwards two months, three months, six months, and figure out what we can change to prevent that problem from happening moving forward. So I think that there's a mentality there that um, takes us one step further. It takes us from, okay, here are the people that haven't paid, we're going to call them. And we level it up to why aren't they paying? How can we meet their needs differently? Is what we're doing making sense? So yeah. does it make sense to ask for a credit card when they're on monthly or does it not, right? And so um, that that root cause analysis is really a strength of our team. And it's, it's one of those many um, SOP meetings that they do on a regular basis to make sure that our retention levels are the highest possible. Because when that phone rings, our client care team knows that they're showing up for the client but that they're also bringing their best for that agency and making sure that we follow through on that promise to our agents to make sure that their clients are gonna receive the best care possible, which we can't just be friendly. We can't just pick up the phone and smile and be friendly. We have to really bring those, that cutting edge, um, the technology and the data and the talent to the table to make sure that we're really delivering for them. But th- I think that's something that our, our, the agencies listening can do whether they're captive or they're independent. And then we go into um, outbound, intentional retention processes. And so okay. I could talk about those all day, but I think um, that one of, yeah, yeah.
0: No, I, I would love to hear some of that. <laughs> I was gonna ask you as we talk about some of this and you get into the discussion of not selling based upon just price, which I think <laughs> is important. Do you work with, and do you have some ideas and best practices to talk to the audience a little bit about overcoming some of those objections. If they come to you, whether it's on the front end when you're doing the new business or what we're talking about right now with retention, oh, my price just went up. Or uh, Joe Bob from State Farm called me and said he could save me this much money. Or I saw on the commercial on TV, Geico could save me whatever. Or I just heard a new policy came out with travelers. I want to be a part of that. Whatever the objection may be, or I talked to somebody and they weren't nice to me. I don't know what it may be. (laughs) But do you work with overcoming objections and maybe some best practices around that a little bit?
1: We do. And there's you know different techniques for all of those situations. So the client care team works really hard. I think we expect a lot out of our client care specialists because they have to be ready for anything. I mean, you just mentioned uh, several things, scenarios that can just get thrown at them and they have to be ready for it. So I think the first thing that you do is you dial it back to the coverage consultation you have with that client. What they said cared to them, what they said concerned them in addition to price. So you have to find that out, right? And what coverages you gave them that were different than what they had before and what they said mattered to them. Because then you can go back later and say, great question, Julie, your price did go up. Um, So you have a couple options, but I wanna, swing back around to earlier when we spoke you mentioned that having that water backup coverage on there is really important you mentioned that having that enhanced protection for your family is really important so um the reason that you're with this particular carrier is because not only because they're competitive in your area but also because they're such a great fit for your family and the needs that we talked about the last time we spoke so you have a couple options um, I can take a look and see what your other options are in your area um, for sure but as I'm looking at your policy as it stands today um, while there was an increase uh, that you're going to be seeing about twenty dollars a month that I'm this is a pretty strong policy it's a great company they're taking good care of you they're in a good place and um, I think that even if we're not able to find something that's $20 a month less than this one, that it does still look like based on what I'm seeing that it's still very competitive.
0: Yeah. So it, I like how you put that down to monthly, even when I was in, in sales a year and a half or so ago, when they would call and say, you know, my, my policy went up 250 bucks, would you just broke it down to a monthly at 20 bucks instead of 240 or 21 bucks, whatever it may be, instead of the the big number. I think that goes a long way and just shifting that mindset of, oh, you know, the $20. uh, So that's a good way of overcoming that. I just learned Mm -hmm. something right there that I didn't think about even when I was selling that may have helped me retain a couple more. But um, I I think that that's good. uh, And I I love that uh, you shared some of that with us. And I wanted to talk a little bit, shifting gears just a minute. Throughout the year, do you have a certain amount of touch points throughout a year that you do with a client uh, and your retention strategy? So a
1: lot of times we're sitting around waiting for the client to call us. But if we do that, we don't know what, you know, what the reason for the call is going to be. It might not be the easiest conversation because if they're calling us, it could be because they have an issue, they have a claim, something went wrong, the price went up. So we want to get ahead of those conversations. We want to be accessible, we want to be available, we want to be there for them when they need us to make it convenient, but we can't stop there. We have to get in front of the problems. And the scenario that you and I just talked through about the, the premium increase going up, that conversation is a lot easier when there were a couple of things that happened before that. If the client calls in and they're like, I just got a bill and my rate went up $200 a year. Why is this happening? That's a, that conversation is a lot harder for your customer care person than if they've talked to your team a couple of times over the past 12 months and they know who you are. So if you've had a welcome call and Someone from your team reaches out, welcomes them on board, walks them through installing their telematics device. And then if someone from your team touches base with them midterm, checks on how things are going, getting in front of it, right? And then you're running those renewal reports and you're proactively doing an outbound call review with all of your clients before their renewal, then that client's still going to say, well, what's my new price? Well, why did the rate go up? But that's a lot easier to overcome because you're the person that called them, you're calling to do a review, you're talking about it together. It's piggybacking off of these great other positive calls that they just had when they came on board and that they just had midterm. And then you're able to just walk them through it. And so why do we make it really painful for ourselves? Why, Why do we tell ourselves that we don't wanna like wake the sleeping giant and we're just gonna hold our breath and cross our fingers. And if they call in, we'll just have this great talk path that'll talk, you know, make them feel okay with this price change when we could just call them first and we could just have a great conversation and we could just do a whole policy review with them and they walk away so much happier so i think some of those touch points happen when they first come on board with your agency before they renew and then you've got to make sure that when that renewal comes out that you're reaching them first before before they are put in a position where they're they have this on their to-do list and they're like oh this bill and I've got to call them and then they're already in this frame of mind that this is just a chore and something that they've got to make time for you know that they don't really want to have
0: to no you're right so don't be afraid to call throughout the policy year and be ahead of it you know because a lot of agents you're right they do they just cross their fingers and they hold their breath and say I hope they don't call you know or that old saying of, here's your insurance. I hope you never have to use it. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Man, I love that guitar riff. Uh, but you know what that means? We're in a mid-roll ad. I got to talk to you about my friends over at Canopy Connect. They are your one-click solution to getting the deck pages. You need to quote your prospect. You know, lately, I've been doing some demos with them and introducing them to some of you. My citizens out there. And each time that happens, you guys sign up and you call me weeks later, like, oh my gosh, you were not lying. This is unbelievable. Uh, it actually works. I send this to my customers within seconds. I get the deck pages. They think it's great. I think it's great. And now you can create customizable links for your referral partners that you can send them that they use. And again, it sends you those deck pages in seconds. You get your business done, uh, the customer's happy, the referral partner's happy, you're right in business, improving your agency. Oh my gosh, it's unbelievable. Uh, check it out, usecanopy.com. Tell them the mayor sent you. Let's get back to the show You know, I always I always hated that because and I actually used that, you know, cheesy line years ago. And uh, but nowadays, what you're saying is to be, pro, be ahead of that.
1: And I think a lot of our agents listening right now, he, if I had to guess, I think a lot of them might be thinking, I have only you know, two or three or four, however many service people, they're already busy. I've had two people out sick lately, we're already stretched thin. So yeah, this is a financial investment. This means you, you probably have to hire another one or two people in order to add on outbound reviews you're gonna add on home inspection reviews like hey you had your home inspection let's talk about the results this is why you need a new roof you, you literally have to have payroll for that right so yes it's expensive but what's the opportunity cost there if you don't do it what, what could you be losing and so I think it's easier to keep a current client happy than to bring on a new client I think most of us would agree with that but that's why that's why quantum takes care of our agency's clients for them because it is so costly and it is such a financial investment in making sure that you have the, um, the the team, the right people in the right seats that can handle the magnitude of the processes that go into client care. It takes a ton of payroll, but it also takes a ton of training and ongoing education and always being on your game and having talk pass for all of those scenarios that you mentioned. And so we like to free our agents up to be able to focus on, on the new business, so that they can grow from the the sales operation side of things. But if you're in an agency right now, um, I, I do think that it would probably be a number you wanna crunch and start thinking through if we could, how far would we have to move the needle on retention to cover the cost of adding on another person or two.
0: And it's going back to that that mind shift change. If you haven't listened to our other episode, check that one out because we talked about the mindset that Caitlin was in years ago when she started her agency of, oh, just having seven or eight people was good enough. And then you've got that mindset change of why not go to 18? Why not go to 25 people? Why not go to 30 people in my agency? But it starts with that little adding one of their staff member to handle that renewal is what it sounds like. Um, Absolutely. And you
1: know, what? It talking about mindset, when you add on some some people to the team that are – or or processes for welcome calls, midterm reviews, these renewal reviews, those are the fun calls, right? You can create this really energetic, fast paced, fun team culture when you have some processes in there for the client care team that are like really fun, great conversations with clients where it's not just unraveling a problem, right? Like a a difficult claim, or there's a problem with the bill, uh, billing payment, like. When you deal with those calls all day long, every day, it takes a lot out of you because the client care team has to, they have to be there for every single call and they put their all into it and it requires a ton of knowledge and they have to be on their game like just 24 seven. And it's not the same as a sales conversation where there's all this adrenaline and it's like, whoa, I got close to another policy, right? They don't always get the same kind of wins as the sales team. So put some proactive calls in there that are a win for the client. They're a win for your team. And, and I think you'll see that team morale on the client care side really benefit from, um, having some proactive outbound, fun, happy topics that they can reach out to clients about.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. And I think it's, it's a good, you know, mental shift to change from, you know, hiring too late, you know, as you're growing and you, you, Instead of hiring to meet the need, you're going ahead and hiring ahead of time and preparing for that, putting those processes in place ahead of time. And I think that's crucial because a lot of agencies may wait until, you know, they get to a certain point, then we'll add staff. And then at that point, you know, you have to train that person, get them up to speed. And it's too late. Not too late. It's never too late. But you know what I mean? Um, it's better to get ahead of it.
1: It is better to get ahead of it if you can. So to bring those people on as soon as you can. If if you feel like you can't work it into the budget right now, just make sure that you're counting the cost of what um, what number of policies you might be losing in the meantime so that you know what kind of, you know, financial loss you might be dealing with. And maybe it's less than if you brought somebody on board. Just make sure you're balancing that. But do bring them on as soon as you're able to because you'll see a huge mindset shift in the whole team.
0: I would completely agree. And, you know, one of the things, you know, as uh, as we're on this – Um, the content creation I see you all over the place on social media lately Uh, you show up in my feed on your personal page you know I see you you know talking about inspiring messages or something related to insurance or whatever is that something you guys um, intentionally do or is that just something that's a, a Caitlin Agar thing
1: I think it's a little bit of both I think I'm definitely trying to get our message out there in front of as many agents as I can because we're hyper focused on helping agents transform the way that they used to do business so that they can compete in the modern insurance market. That's what we're here to do. That's what we show up for every single day. But it's also something that I've just I've been doing it for nine years. Um, yeah. this, this started a month after we opened our first agency, our FSL reached out and they said, Hey, there's this guy that's opening an agency, you know, down the road from you guys. He has questions about like an employee handbook or how much he should pay his people. So I told him you'd be a good person to talk to. So we have that age that that guy out to the agency. We show him everything. We we help him as much as we can, right? After that, it was a guy down the road who, great guy, but the agency was struggling to produce. So we went over there and we met with him and we just helped him diagnose like what he could change, you know, where can he take that, that massive action to like see these big changes that he wanted to see on his team. And it's, it's something that we've always done because we love doing it. And because it's just, it's a part of who we are. And so this is a, a lifestyle for myself and for my husband. It, it's not a job that we're clocking into every day. This is our lifestyle. And it doesn't end at 6 p.m. It doesn't end on the weekends. This is what we talk about.
0: And you do a lot of that on social media, and you do a lot of that in your content creation, uh, whether it's, I see you on my, uh, my stories, you know, your story will come through, or I see you post something inspirational on, on LinkedIn or whatever. Is that, again, um, something that you encourage your team to do, whether they're in the call center or out in an agency in the field? And you know, is that a certain touch point that you count as you know, part of the retention process or the education process?
1: I'd say it's separate from that. I think that the the retention processes and the education processes um, within the call center are, you know, super dialed in with that client focus. A lot of what you'll see me put out on social media is not um, so much of the time, you know, a- asking people to get a quote with us at Quantum. It's usually about something that the agents are doing or that the team is doing that's a little bit different because most of the people in my circle are agency owners they're either captive agents or they're independent agents and so a lot of what i talk about is um, the education i think there's a lot there that um, agents want to hear and that are helpful to my colleagues and my peers out there in the insurance world and then we also have our team reaching out on their social media to talk to their circles about what they do so what one of our team members might put out might be very focused on like hey i want to save you money on your insurance here's all the carriers that i work with or here's the states that i work with and i want to help you and so i encourage our team to focus on what they're good at what they're passionate about what they're there to provide and to really um settle into that niche what they're what they're really here to do and so for one of our team members that is a client care specialist or a salesperson, their social media message is going to be different. It might be about like, Hey, I just saved this client $3,600 a year, or it might be about, Hey, here's something you should know about your coverages. Right. Right. And I think there's a place for all of those things. Um, but I would encourage people to just on social media, be yourself and, um, just get get your message out there in front of people. Have a positive message and just start by getting it out.
0: So there you go. Uh, I appreciate that. And so we've talked about some of the retention strategies. give gave us some good best practices on that. We've talked about some content creation that I wanted to get into. And, you know, I alluded to it on the last episode, and I wanted to talk about a little bit here. If you can share a little bit of this with us, if Jeff will let you. <laughs> what is... <laughs> What, what is the deal, okay, back to the internet leads. Uh, okay. And again, the people that say internet leads are terrible or internet leads are <laughs> dated or internet leads lead to business you don't want. And you guys are, as you say, hyper-focused on just plowing through on these internet leads and making it a big part of your practice and what you do every day. How does someone you know build their whole book on this that people think is terrible and yet, you guys love them.
1: I I think my question would be, how do people build their whole book on the other the other form of leads, right? Because um, I see it happening. You know, I there's agents out there that are really good at mortgage broker relationships. There's agents out there that are really good at referrals in their local community. And there's agencies out there that are really good at digital leads and digital marketing. So I'm always like, hey, you know, tell me what you're doing with the mortgage leads, you know, mailers, referrals, you know, trying to learn from the best practices that are out there. But we've been working digital leads for nine years now. And what we found is that they're a lot more predictable. And you can scale them to a volume that we haven't been able to scale mortgage leads or referrals. So I, how many agencies do you know of that write a million dollars a month in personal lines off of referrals?
0: Zero. (laughs) Right. I'm sure they're they're out there, but yeah. So
1: all you you have to do is back out the numbers, right? So you would have probably have to have like a thousand referrals, right? If you wanted to get that number. I don't know how to get a thousand referrals in a month and I'm a friendly person. And I, I map their own social media. I People like to talk to me, <laughs> but if somebody said, Hey, I want you to grow a agency to write a million dollars a month. And I want you to do it with mortgage leads and referrals because they're cheaper because they're better. That sounds great, but I wouldn't know how to get there. Right. I don't know that how possible that would be. So you, you find yourself in this, in this cycle of you're you're going after referrals but you never quite know who's gonna bite right and you you establish this mortgage broker relationship that you worked really hard for maybe they have 20 mortgage brokers and you're like oh my gosh this is the the relationship they're gonna send us a ton every month and all it takes is one of your salespeople dropping the ball for that relationship to fall apart or maybe you're doing everything right but that mortgage broker's brother opened up an agency, and now he's going to send his brother all of the business, right?
0: A hundred percent.
1: I think that a mix is really, really smart because mortgage broker referrals and client referrals, they're just smart. It's it's people that, you know, found out about you through word of mouth. They're a lot less expensive to acquire, Um, they might even be somewhat local to you, right? So why wouldn't you want that business? If you know mortgage brokers, and that's already your niche, don't stop. Like, that's awesome. But I would challenge you to think about what kind of business you could write if you added digital leads on top of that, because referrals are really a great complement to an already well-oiled sales machine. They're like the, the cherry on top, right? They shouldn't be the main course. And so internet leads are so much more predictable. You're literally able to dial back, like how many leads would I have to buy at the average premium in my area with my close ratio to be able to generate the number that I'm shooting for? And so it's, it it, it starts to put, it, it changes the whole mentality in your agency because now you're talking strategic sales. Now it's, Now you can actually give your sales team a sales goal and you can say, okay, if your sales goal is $50,000 of premium this month, it, it, it sounds like you think you're going to get 20K off of your referrals. So you're going to need to close $30,000 in internet leads. And based on your close ratio, with your average premium and your quote to close conversion ratio, this is how much you have to sell a day. <clears throat> this is how many quotes you have to do a day. This is how many dials you have to do a day. And it starts helping your salesperson wrap their mind around what they can control, which is their dials. Um, if somebody picks up the phone, talking them into getting a quote with you, keeping them on the phone, asking for the sale, quoting car and home together. These are all things they can wrap their mind around. So get those leads in front of them and then train them on how to make the most of it and to have a great consultation with the client. Those clients aren't any different than the referrals. You just got to know them and came in contact with them a different way. Just because someone's an internet lead doesn't mean that they're a price shopper. It could mean that they're busy. And so they went online and Googled, insurance, Allen, Texas, right? Because that's how we shop for everything. (laughs) So you're you're right. And we use, yeah.
0: If you buy, you know, for easy math, you buy a thousand leads and let's say you only close on 300 of them, you've still got 700 in your database somewhere that you can call back later.
1: Right. So I think there's, I mean, there's a lot of things that go into having a really great plan for it. I think there's definitely some things that agents need to know before they start buying internet leads again so that this time you can have a really good run of it. Um, I think working with your team on their sales process first or buying them cheaper leads first to cut their teeth on, you know, so they can like figure out a really great conversation is a good place to start. Um, We use a system that helps us dive into those calls so we can see exactly what's going on. So what that creates for me is... Let's say a team member or their manager is complaining about the lead quality. They come to you and like, man, the leads, they just, the leads were awful today. Nobody was picking up the phone or nobody really wanted a quote. These weren't real leads. These weren't warm leads. Before I turn off that lead source, I'm going to go in and look at the call conversation and I'm going to be able to diagnose was the problem the lead or was the problem the conversation? Because we're in the business of communication, right? And we have to have a really strong connection with the person on the other line. And we have to sure. be able to have a meaningful conversation if we want somebody to stay on the phone with us. So we look through, we click through and we, we look at what happened on the call before we would even think about if it was the lead source that was the problem.
0: I gotcha. And so then you do you know, maybe a, a, a follow-up or a check-in with each call center, or each agent to say, okay, you know, we're gonna do random spot checking to say, okay, we're gonna listen to some of these conversations or is it only when you have an issue or, or you see someone not working a certain volume you wanted?
1: It's part of the coaching model that goes on on a okay. weekly and a daily basis. So, in our call centers, we have pods of people, and this works on the agency level as well, based on how many you have. Um, we found that a good ten to twelve salespeople can report up to one sales manager, and you know, if they're really, really strong, sales manager maybe even more. But a good ten to twelve people before we'd hire on a second person, right? So you have a pod of people they report to their sales manager, and their sales manager delivers on the coaching model, which is regular um, live call shadowing with on the spot coaching feedback and that like conversation that's happening it, you know, right after you hang up the phone with the client. But then they're also doing a deep dive into the conversations where they log into the system to view the call transcripts and figure out what the close sounds like, figure out what the value building sounds like. And then they're booking a meeting with their people one-on-one to go through calls together. Those are our call calibrations. And then they have weekly one-on-ones that are kind of like a performance review but it's really a sit down to go through the various metrics and numbers and I think that that salesperson um, those moments that they need to celebrate and then just zeroing their focus in for the next week as well and this goes on on just a regular basis it's what you know makes our team so strong and keeps them you know motivated and energized to just keep delivering day in and day out I think that um, pod huddles and Team huddles, meetings are a big part of that. And I think a lot of times we are hesitant to carve out time for teams to be off the phone, right? We're like, well, they gotta be selling. But we've gotta keep them pumped too. We gotta keep them in the right mindset. We're yeah, sure yeah. all in this together. And so a morning 15 minute huddle, an afternoon 15 minute huddle when everybody comes back from lunch, gets everybody right in that frame of mind again to go back out there because you wanna, give just as much to the client that you're in front of now as you did to the person you talked to three or four hours ago. So we have to keep them on their toes and that's yeah. something that never stops.
0: That's good. Uh, that's really good. And I know, um, you know, we just want to do a quick bonus, uh, for my crew out there that's listening. And I really appreciate you coming on again with me and, and sharing some, some great stuff with us again. And, uh, I, I can't I can't thank you enough for taking time again away from, from your job and your family and things going on to share with my audience again. Thank you so much. Caitlin Agar coming at us again. Thank you.
1: <laughs> this was fun. Thanks, Heath. I had a blast.
0: Yes, thank you so much. And uh, I'll let you get back to your day. Talk to you soon. Yes, ma'am. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. For hanging out with us today with Miss Caitlin Agar. Uh, It was such a fun episode to find hanging out in the vault. I don't know how it slipped through the cracks, but I'm so glad I found it. It was able to release it one year ago. We recorded that, and it's cool to get to release it a year later. So hopefully you enjoyed it, and I really hope that the conversation that we had made you a better insurance professional. Listen, guys, uh, I've been having so much fun from the episode we released this week. We released two this week. You know, one about Hurricane Ida. Then we got this one that we found in the vault. We got some super exciting stuff coming up down the road. Uh, I I love you guys. I love my citizens. Uh, I love that you guys email me each and every week. Continue to do that. If you have suggestions for the show, or if you've got a guest idea, or if you want to come on and tell your story, I want to hear it. Heath at insurancetownpodcast.com. Do it. Uh, Go to uh, my LinkedIn, go to my social media handles, like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Uh, I I need you. Um, I, I feed off of you guys. I get my energy off of you guys. Thank you for supporting the mayor. And I can't wait to hang out with you again next week.